You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and see what you come up with. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington, broadcasting from the Eagle Broadcasting Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. This is your weekly break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Had a lot going on at Southern Miss this past weekend. Baseball opened up with a homestand against Mississippi Starkville. Basketball had a huge homestand against Middle Tennessee State and UAB. And softball hosted the Black and Gold Invitational right here in Hattiesburg. If you were on campus for baseball, what an amazing weekend it was. Had a blast. So good to see everybody out there at the Pete. Before we get to this week's guest, I was on Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. Last week out of Jackson, you can go to his Facebook page and check out that interview. It's also on iTunes. They've got it clipped down to just the interview itself. Had a lot of of, uh, fun on that interview, so go back and check that out. And uh, I'm sure we're going to do it again soon. Okay, guys, as we've been talking about the past few weeks, this week, tomorrow night, Thursday, February 22nd, 2018, we've got the re-grand opening party at the Residence Inn by Marriott here in Hattiesburg. Big Golden Eagle supporters. They've renovated all 84 rooms. It's going to run from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. in conjunction with the ADP Business After Hours. They're going to have tours of the property, live music, and food provided by Glorybound Euro Company. So should be a great time. You guys come out there. I'll be out there hoping to stop by and see everybody and, and show my support to some Golden Eagle supporters. All right. So like I said, big baseball weekend. We got a great guest on the show today. And actually, today is his birthday. He is one of the most charismatic baseball players in Southern Miss history. Please welcome my guest today, Dylan Bordeaux. All right, we are introducing a new segment here on To The Top Talk. I came up with the title all by myself. I'm calling it Bordeaux Knows. I think it's going to be a big <laughs> hit. I'm kidding, of course. Jason Munns would beat me with a hammer. But we've got Dylan Bordeaux on the line. What's going on, Dylan? Man, not much. I'm actually uh, tuned in right now watching a little Southern Miss baseball. Uh, checking out Walker Powell, one of my roommates, getting to throw a little bit against South Al. So uh, checking them out, see what they can do tonight. He's he's looked strong so far. It's good to have him back. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I hope he can stay healthy. Uh, he's worked hard to get back to where he is. Hopefully he can. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy because he'll be a big part of their team this year. Uh, give them some innings, some good innings this year. Now, did you make it out to the Pete this past weekend? I did. I got to see all three of those. Uh, well, I'll, I'll keep it PG rated, but three of those wins. <laughs> From the from the Eagles. Well, what what are your thoughts on the Golden Eagles sweep of Mississippi Starkville? Man, it was uh, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect going in. You know, obviously I hadn't been around the team uh, in the fall. Uh, knew they had some some really good dudes coming back. You know, we had you know pretty much the whole starting lineup minus you know me and Braley coming back. So uh, 
and I knew what Luke Reynolds could do. I knew he'd step in and, and just be a spark from the get go. So I wasn't worried about, uh, you know, him being off for two years. I knew he'd step in and, uh, put some big numbers up as he has already. So, uh, you know, I didn't know really what to expect. I didn't know what state had, but, um, you know, I was impressed. You, you know, you can, people can say what they want about the, uh, the beginning of the year, you know, state, uh, catch him in the middle of the year, but it's, it was the beginning of the year for us too. And, um, it, it wasn't very competitive, you know, in my eyes. I didn't, there was one game, game three got a little close and Walter makes that big catch in center. But other than that, uh, you know, I just saw pure dominance, honestly, from, uh, our side and it was really fun to watch. And I mean, maybe you can see a little better than I could, but it, it seemed like the Golden Eagles were bigger, faster, stronger all across the board. Oh, well, not even close. Yeah. I, I mean, that lineup one through nine is, it's scary. And, and you got guys that, um, that are super, super disciplined at the plate with Gidry and, and Walner and Luke, but yet they can still leave the yard at any time. So that's what makes them so dangerous. And then you got those guys like Gabe, uh, and most people didn't really know about him last year, but he, he could have done the same thing for us last year, but, you know, we just didn't really have a spot for him to play last year. You know, we just, we were so, uh, we had so much depth. So, uh, there's another guy I knew would step in and have the big year and he will. So, but yeah, top to bottom. I mean, just we're big, we're, you know, we're strong and we got some guys that can run too. And, uh, you know, pretty much stayed. It looks like they're going to rely on speed. And when they don't get on the bases, they can't do much of that. And that was a huge trust to limit the walks in the first two games, uh, struggle with it a little bit in the third game, but then we, uh, then we put them away. You know, I mean, everybody knew we were going to be able to hit, but the pitching really came on strong this weekend. Yeah, it looked good. Uh, Salen does what he does, you know, you, you know, they can't say enough about him. Just stupid, talented guy with the, with a great mentality on the mound. Um, and he's going to do that. He, whatever situation they put him in, whether they keep him the starter or moving back to the pen, he's, He's going to succeed, and he's going to be, you know, one of the best arms in the ballpark every single weekend. Yeah, and then, you know, Stevie threw well. I talked to him after, uh, you know, his pitch count got a little high. You know, he wish he could have uh, gave him a few more innings, but uh, he'll get better as the year goes on. And then, I don't, you know, I don't really know any of those bullpen arms, but they did their job. You know, from that freshman lefty threw really well, and then uh, that Jared Wright kid came in and uh, threw really, really well. And help him get that win. So, you know, I was a little skeptical about the arms just because I hadn't been there all fall. So, you know, I knew they were missing Kirk and Bray, Braley and Hayden Roberts. So, um, I was kind of worried about it, but you know, you give up what they give up six runs all weekend or something like that. So right. it, was, it was pretty impressive. Now you've got a unique perspective having played for the Gold Eagles last year. What do you kind of see happening with this 2018 season? They're going to hit. I mean, you know, day in, day out. If you, if you put a stock righty up on the mound there and, you know, that guy's in trouble. The guys are disciplined. They're, uh, they're very attentive to what their approach is. And, uh, it's, um, it's fun to watch them, even from, you know, just being one year out. Like, it's, it's impressive to me. So, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to keep up with them. Uh, I think, you know, they'll, they'll still have some, I think they'll have some growing pains with the pitching. But that's, uh, but that's the good thing with, you know, this offense. I think they're going to have some time to figure that out because they're going to put up so many runs. Um, you should, they're still going to have to figure out with Walker, you know, uh, see how he does, how, you know, coming back from surgery 
and then with with the new people in the rotation. So I think there may be a little bit of growing pains on the mound. Hopefully there isn't, but if there is, you you know, you can always rely on that offense until they can figure that out. And I think uh we have the right pitching guy to to figure it out and coach eyes. Uh I've heard nothing but great things about him. I've met him, hung around him, seems like an awesome dude and really knows what he's talking about. So I think they're in uh, very good hands in, in the uh pitching perspective. Now let's talk about you a little bit. You you played your high school ball at West Monroe High School, standout in multi- multiple sports. TCU recruit, recruited you to play linebacker, so what made you choose baseball over football? Uh, well, honestly, uh, early in my football career, I had a shoulder surgery, a uh, shoulder injury that required me to have surgery, made me miss my whole sophomore year of uh, baseball. So at that point, football kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. I honestly thought about quitting uh, playing football. Luckily, you know, I'm glad I didn't finish it out and then uh ended up having another shoulder injury my senior year that I actually didn't have an operation on until after my freshman year at Southern Miss. So uh just with the shoulder injuries, uh that was a big thing for me. Uh I know how rough that sport is. I love I love the you know the uh physicality of the sport but I just knew it would wear and tear on my body, especially my shoulders. Um, I don't come from a good family of shoulders. My dad has shoulder problems. My brother does too. So, you know, I, I just thought if, uh, if I went and played, I, I really didn't know how long I'd last. So, you know, I just thought I'd go with a better option, uh, health wise. I love both, both sports, you know, just about equally. So it really just came down to health and what I thought, uh, would be better for my career and my future. How did you end up at Southern Miss? Uh, Coach Kai. That's about as easy as I can put it. Um, he started recruiting me. He knew about my arm problem. I, you know, I couldn't throw the ball very well while I was in high school because I had a very, very bad, uh, shoulder surgery. So, uh, and he, he wasn't worried about it. He told me, you know, I want you to come here. You're going to hit and we'll figure that out when you get here. So, uh, you know, most other schools weren't like that. You know, Ole Miss actually asked me to come on a visit. I didn't even go because I knew once they found that out that, you know, they, they would probably have a little different, uh, perspective about me. Um, and I knew if I hit it from them and ended up going there, you know, there some, you know, some programs are just different that they, you know, they wouldn't be too happy about that. But Kai was up front with me. He, uh, he knew what, you know, he knew what he had in me and, uh, he accepted that and he just, you know, he thought that my arm would eventually get better, which it did. Ended up wasn't even a problem, but, um, it, it was just a family atmosphere. He, he was great communicating with his players and, uh, I thought he would be and he was what I thought he was. I mean, once I got there, I had, I had nothing but good things to say about, you know, him. And then obviously with Coach Barry running the program, you know, it's just, it's all positive things. It's a family atmosphere. Uh, all the families get along. All the players' families are always together. So it's just, uh, I think it's just different, honestly. I'm sure there's some programs out there like that, but there can't be too many of them that has that kind of uh, support and uh, that family atmosphere within the program. Who does the best Scott Berry impression? The best Scott Berry impression. Man, there's a, there's a few of them, but you'll have to go back a few years, but I, I'm going to have to say, uh, I say James McMahon is pretty no. good at it. Yeah, there's, uh, let's see who else I got. Austin Roussel is pretty good at a lot of impressions. So, 
Um, there's a few of them that are pretty good at it, but uh, those are the first two that came to my mind. So I'll have to go with those two guys. As we need a fake Scott Barry, so I may have to hit him up. Yeah. Freshman year, named to the Conference USA All Freshman Team. What was that experience like for you? Uh, it was a roller coaster, to be honest. My freshman fall was it, honestly it was bad, really bad. I, I wasn't comfortable. Uh, I just made the move to outfield. Played shortstop third base my whole life. Um, so I moved to the outfield, didn't play very good defense at all, and uh, wasn't hitting well. And, you know, that's why I came here. So I wasn't swinging the bat at all. You know, so uh, that kind of uh, – that failure kind of led me to being homesick, I guess, a little bit. And then uh, – so I was kind of doubting, you know, where I was. Come, you know, come in springtime play well the first couple, you know, the first few spring inter squads. So I f- felt like I got my feet back under me and then, and then the season hits and, uh, I was pretty much an everyday starter and I've never played that many games before. And I, you know, honestly in high school, I was injured a lot. So I hadn't been through that grind of the season. And, uh, you know, I just had to you kind of feel it out. It was rough at times, went through slumps and, uh, but, uh, it, it was, it was a good experience. It taught me a lot. I think that, that freshman year of them trusting me to play every day kind of helped me get to where I was at, you know, at the end of my career, my senior year. You mentioned playing in the outfield. You played in right field, I believe, starting out. And one of the unique things about playing at Pete Taylor Park is the right field roost, the group of fans right there behind the wall. So what was the experience like playing right there in front of the roost? Oh, it was awesome. That's a, that's a great atmosphere out there. One of the best. I mean, in the country, I had a guy come up to me today that was actually Nick Sandlin's uh, best friend came to watch him pitch. And he was just, he was just like, dude, you don't get that anywhere. And he, he's from Georgia. And he was like, you don't in Athens. There's nothing like that. And I was, you know, I think that's a tip of the cap to them. Uh, cool story. Uh, my junior year when we had the conference tournament there, uh, we're playing rice in the championship game. And, you know, they throw the ball from, from the roost to the right fielder to warm up with. And, um, well, they throw me the ball and I'm about to throw it to center. Sam and Nick, uh, Jake Sam was in center. I, I look at it and there's writing all over it. And I look and everybody, as many people from the roost that could, could have fit, it, they all signed it. And it, they put a big, like, beat rice on it and, uh, Sharpie and then everybody signed around it. So that was pretty cool. I mean, that yeah. kind of shows you how much, how much they care and, uh, you know, uh, how much, you know, we mean to them and they mean to us. So I, I still have that ball today, uh, in my room actually. So that was a pretty cool story I, I tell about, uh, when everybody asks about the roost. One of the unique things about the roost is they're right there on the opposing team's bullpen. I mean, how vicious can those guys be? No, they, they got, and I'll tell you, they got after them this weekend. They, uh, <laughs> I think they rattled a few guys. They, they missed about, I think, five or six balls down there in the bullpen while they were warming up. So they definitely get after it on, uh, you know, the students come out and they're definitely there for those big time games and, uh, they get in it. I don't know what, you know, there may be a little liquid courage that gets in them, but, uh, whatever it takes, they, uh, they definitely, uh, heckle the opposing team. We talked about the ruse, but how special is it to play just at Pete Taylor Park in general? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I don't exactly know the numbers. I know we're top 15, top 20 every year in attendance. And, um, you know, one, one thing about our fans is they truly love the game. They truly love us. And you can tell that 
but when we're going bad, they aren't happy. And then they'll let us know about it, but you know, that's, that, that's the true fan. They, because they actually know, you know, they, they know about the game and, you know, they know what we're capable of. So they get frustrated and, uh, they're locked into every pitch. So, but they're with us, you know, they're day in and day out. So it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty special to play in front of those, those guys for four years. Your junior year, your first team all conference USA. And we kind of, you kind of alluded to it a minute ago, but one of the most electric atmospheres in Pete Taylor Park history was that conference USA championship game against Rice in 2016. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, I, I can still feel, you know, just thinking back, I can still feel how electric it was. I mean, that place, it's tough to find a place to, you know, to stand. And then, and then that game paired with that was just unbelievable. I mean, you, you really don't get that much better of a baseball game than what was played there, both sides. Two good baseball teams going after, and then it comes down to that play, just kind of you know to top it all off. So um, that whole weekend was special, you know, hosting that conference tournament, and then to end it like that in front of our fans, and uh, you know, give them a conference championship and ultimate regional berth was uh, it was it was very special. Well, and what did it mean to you to be a part of the team that kind of brought Southern Miss back to the regionals? Yeah, that was special as well. I mean, you know, that's what they always said. You know, this program has a tradition of excellence, and uh, we, we kind of got away from that for a little bit. Um, you know, missed a few regionals, and then uh, my freshman year, we didn't play well. We didn't play up to our expectations. Sophomore year, you kind of get, you know, as we thought we got kind of screwed a little bit. So, um, but we we could feel ourselves each year building up to where we should be, and ultimately. Is last year is what we, that program should be every single year. Obviously, you know, you're not going to win 50 games every single year. That's just too hard to do. But ultimately, we should be a locked regional team every single year and with a chance to host and, you know, uh, you know, ultimately uh, be a chance to be a national seed. And um, I think that's what this program is back. You know, we're back to doing that. Uh, we have the guys coming in every single year to be uh, to do that for us. And um, so it was fun kind of seeing seeing the program build back up to where where it should be. And uh, I'm definitely glad to be a part of that. Your senior year, you moved to first base, replacing Tim Lynch. What was that transition like? It wasn't too bad. Um, you know, I actually, they talked to me about catching over the summer because we lost Chuck and uh, we were kind of scrambling. And But luckily they found Cole Donaldson, who uh, who does a heck of a job back there, so then that was out the window, and then they told me to be ready to play center field when I get back. Um, and then you know the the phenom comes in. We get we get lucky that a, you know a program drops, and we have one of the best players in the country as a true freshman. So then that then they turn my, to me and they're like, well, look, you know we're kind of inexperienced on the infield, new guys. Uh, you know we need some leadership. So that's where. That's where they decided to put me, and you know I, I took that, you know obviously with open arms, whatever uh, was going to be best for us, I do. And um, but you know the position change wasn't that tough. I I played infield throughout my high school career, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But um, I was glad, you know, once I got settled in over there, I really enjoyed playing over there, being being on the infield, being able to communicate with the pitcher and uh, with those guys on the infield. So uh, I enjoyed my time over there at first throughout my senior year. One of the cool things from that season 
you got to pair up with uh, the Hattiesburg American and Jason Munns and do a, kind of a week, weekly internet video called Bordeaux Knows. You get to do different things on the show. My first question about this, why wasn't it called Bordeaux Knows, spelled K-N-E-A-U-X-S? <laughs> You'll have to ask Munns about that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I never even thought about that until you just said that. Honestly, that's pretty good. Though. That's pretty good. And you get you get to do a lot of different things on the show. I think like Nick Mullins showed you how to play football. Uh, you know, I know it was a bit and everything, but you you never got to do stand up comedy. Mullins should have hit me up. We could have made this happen. Well, that's a good. You know, we were always searching for ideas. We should uh, we should we definitely should have done that. Um, we were always searching. Uh, you know, sometimes I came up last minute things that we just kind of threw together, but, uh, that would have been something fun to do, but we definitely had a fun with that, man. It really was fun. And I think that kind of, you know, that, that show, uh, obviously it has my name on it, but it wasn't all about me. It was more about our team. And, uh, I think that kind of showed the chemistry we had throughout this year, that, that year last year was, it was always fun being out there with each other. You know, we always, we tried to get every single person on there because, you know, we all, we were all so close. Coach Barry talks about chemistry all the time. And, you know, sometimes you may think, well, maybe he's just saying that because, you know, you feel like he may have to, but that, that team truly was like brothers, every single one of us. There wasn't really, there wasn't an outcast when, you know, honestly, there's teams in my freshman and sophomore year that were, a little, a little quickish where there, you know, there's different groups, but, uh, that, that team didn't have them at all. So, uh, I think that show kind of, kind of brought that out in us and, uh, it kind of showed, you know, everybody that kept up with it, how, how tight we all were. Now your replacements, Lebo and Irby, how do you think this is going to go? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of anxious to see. Um, I think Irby will be good. I'm a little worried about Lebo, but, uh, <laughs> I'd tell him that to his face if I had to. Maybe I'll call him after they after they get done playing. But uh, I think they'll be fine. You know, you know they got guys around them. Really, the the guys around them is what makes it. Um, I didn't make that show. You know, it was the guys that I brought on every week that acted stupid and had fun. So um, as long as they pick the right guys, come on with them, they'll have a good time. Now you had probably one of the most decorated years for a Southern Miss player in, in Southern Miss baseball history, your conference USA player of the year, first team all conference. And you know, it's a huge deal. You led the nation in hits. Were you keeping up with that? Did you know that was a thing? Honestly, I did towards the end of the year, but the, I think there was a, at one point, uh, it was about, I wouldn't say middle of the season, maybe a little bit after the middle of the season. And, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Keller Bradford, uh, that, that brought that to my attention. He's a big stat guru. He keeps up with everything college baseball. And, uh, he, I think he told me, I was, I think I was number two or number three, like four, maybe three, four or five hits behind the leader. And he asked me if I knew. And I was like, no, I have no idea. I don't even know how you look at that. And, uh, well, he showed me. And then, uh, and then I think I went on a, kind of on a tear towards the end of the, not towards the end of the year, but like the middle, later half. Uh, where I had a big hitting, uh, big hitting streak. And then I kind of started climbing up that leaderboard and I got to the top. And then obviously that's when, you know, everybody kind of found out about it. And then, then I saw it on Twitter. And so then I, you know, I, I don't 
say I kept up with it, but I did, you know, I saw it on Twitter every time that somebody talked about it. So, it, I mean, I knew about it, but, um, it wasn't something I was sitting there concentrating on day in and day out. But, uh, it was, it's definitely pretty cool at the end of the year to see that, uh, that I ended up leading the, leading the country in hits. It was pretty special. They give you a plaque or anything, a belt, something? <laughs> I don't know. I hadn't got anything yet. Coach Barry did tell me this past weekend that he still had something in his office for me. I don't know if that's what that is. Um, he was in his office all weekend. He could have brought it out. I know. <laughs> he told me on, I guess it was Thursday, me and Chucky e. Robinson went and uh, hit out there on the field with him. And he told me to come by, and I just completely forgot. I should have just went during the first two games and hung out with him. There you go. Well, you talk, we talked about how special that season was. Not only hitting the 50-win plateau, but for the second time in Southern Miss history, hosting a regional in Hattiesburg. And this is the first time we were actually the number one seed in our own regional. Yeah, it, uh, obviously everybody knows it didn't end like we wanted it to, but, uh, I think to, you know, bring a regional to, to that program, uh, hosting a regional of that program and, and that community was, was super, just super awesome. I mean, the electricity throughout that whole weekend, the, you know, the weather kind of hurt us a little bit, but, uh, it was just so awesome to play, uh, in front of that home crowd throughout that whole weekend. Uh, obviously hated, Hate it ended the way it did, but, um, you know, like Coach Barry said at the end of that year, that one game, that one, two games at the end of the year doesn't define that, that season we had because, you know, it's baseball. It happens, but, uh, but that season and, and whole was just amazing and being able to finally bring, bring a, a regional to Hattiesburg was, uh, it was, it was super cool. One of the things about playing at Southern Miss is, Southern Miss is typically a team that's loaded with talent, and you got to achieve some great things with these teammates. Tell us a little about about the teammates you played with during your time at USM. Yeah, I had awesome teammates, and, and like I said, these past, especially these past two years, um, and it showed on the field how close we were. Um, but you, I mean, you you have teammates from everywhere. I mean, you have them from you know, we've had them from California, from Illinois, from. You know, just everywhere you can think of. And I think that's what's unique about being able to play college baseball and being able to, uh, you get to know new people. And, uh, you know, you end up making best friends for your life. And, uh, like, I mean, right now, Chucky Robinson's, you know, he's at my house living with me. He lived with me for a whole month before spring training, just, you know, to work out and get ready. And, uh, I, you know, we still talk to, I still talk to plenty of guys I played with over the years, been to a few of their weddings the past few months and, uh, it's just fun. We all keep up with each other. We all still talk. And uh, it, it was really cool to see all of them out in the roost this weekend. Um, we all got to hang out all weekend, talk Southern Miss baseball, talk, you know, about the old times and the, and the good times we had. So um, I had awesome teammates the whole the whole four years there. And I think that's why, um, why that program is so successful. I mean, they bring in talent, but, uh, you know, they, they look at their character, too. They don't just bring in anybody. Um, just if you if, if it's based on talent alone, they they don't bring you in just for that. You got to have the character and the and the makeup as well. So um, I think Kai and and Fed did a great job of that. And now obviously Oz will take over that duty, and he'll do he'll do a good job as well. Do you have any favorite memories from your time at Southern Miss? Yeah, I mean I have a lot of memories. Uh, obviously, one of the favorite comes to mind is is the Rice game. Um, it, it's hard to 
you know, top that. But um, there's a lot of them. I mean, personally, you know, hitting a walk-off home run was was pretty neat. Um, then and then you got the hosting of the regional, uh, which was which is also up there. I mean, playing in front of your home crowd, nationally televised games, and uh, you know, and then really, if you could combine my whole senior year into, you know, a notebook that, that honestly would probably be my favorite memory. And, you know, I, yeah. I talked to Taylor Braley actually, you know, when he was going through the whole process and if he's going to, you know, come back or go, he asked me, he was like, you know, what should I do? And I was like, man, if I could, honestly, if I could tell you that your senior year would be like the one I had, not just like, for the, you know, my personal, you know, stats or whatever, but, for the team and you know what all we did, then I'll tell you you have to go back a hundred percent, but you don't know that's going to happen because that kind of stuff doesn't happen every single year. So, I mean, that, that whole year was just truly special. It was a hundred percent the best year of my life sports wise. So, uh, I just, my senior year, if I had to pick one of them, just that whole entire year is just probably my favorite memory. So, it's, so it's your fault. He didn't come back. <laughs> no, I, uh, I talked to him. I talked to him a lot. I mean, you know, he it was a tough decision for him, and uh, you know, I don't know if he, you know, he may or may not have made the right decision. But at the end of the day, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. If he to come back, and he if he gets injured, then you know, all you know, he makes the wrong one. But I know he missed it out there. I talked to him a lot this uh this past weekend, and uh, I know he wishes he was out there with him, but um. You know, he's got a good chance. He, uh, got a good chance to do some good things and, uh, hopefully, hopefully he stays healthy and does that. Well, after your time at USM, you move on to the next level, to the pros, to the MLB. You get drafted by the Detroit Tigers. What was that experience like? Uh, those few days were, uh, they were kind of tough, honestly. You know, uh, obviously we, we knew nothing would happen on the first day, but, the second day, I got a few calls from a few teams and, uh, thought it was going to, you know, go in the first 10 rounds and, um, you know, it just didn't end up happening. It, uh, kind of didn't fall our way, which we definitely thought it was going to happen that day. But so push forward to the next day and, uh, honestly never heard from the Detroit Tigers the, on day two. And then, uh, I'm actually about to eat with my dad at, uh, at Johnny's Pizza in uh, West Monroe, and I, I get a call. So uh, it was obviously it was exciting. Uh, it's a dream come true, something you always you always dream about when you play baseball. So um, it was definitely a cool experience to get that call and uh, and realize that uh, I finally you know achieved what I'd always been been trying to achieve. Well, you spent the majority of your first professional season. Uh, moved up to single A, played for the West Michigan Whitecaps. What was the experience like in minor league baseball? It was good. I, you know, I, I really don't have any horror stories that you hear sometimes from guys that play in the minors about, you know, how brutal the living is and all that kind of stuff. And I, I had a good time. I, you know, that our team was actually was kind of filled with older guys, kind of that were in the same shoes I was. That were more of a senior sign. So. um Got to, got to talk to those guys and, you know, talk about their experiences. And, and uh, I had ma- good managers at both places. Uh, really, really cool ballpark in West Michigan that actually brought in a lot of fans. I mean, I think we averaged over 5,000 fans a game. So, wow. you know, you typically don't hear that with minor league baseball. So, 
Um, it was cool. And, um, you know, I had a good first year. It was, uh, it was a grind after playing close to 70 games or a little over 70 games and, uh, in college and then having to go play probably close to 70 more. So it was definitely a test on my body and, uh, really more mentally than anything, but, uh, it was a good experience. I really don't have anything bad, you know, bad to say about, uh, my first year. Well, what's next for Dylan Burdo? I guess you got spring training coming up. Yeah, I'll leave in about two weeks. Go down there and let to Lakeland, Florida, get ready, and then uh, you know they'll. I'll just see where they send me. Uh, wherever it is, you know, I can't really control that. I can just control what I do from there, and then uh, you know, let you know, you just gotta let your play speak for itself, and uh, hopefully move up the ladder because you know at the end of the day, that's the main goal. Well, you know everybody here in Hattiesburg is behind you, and thanks for coming on the show. Do you have any final words for the Southern Miss fans out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, first off, just thanks for uh, the best four years of my life. Obviously, uh, you know, couldn't play in front of a better fan base. Regardless, if you know we're not number one in attendance or not, it, it's at at the end of the day, I think you know that fan base there is is one of the best that shows up every single day when you know, when the Eagles are playing. So, uh, so for that, thank you. And, um, just continue to support these guys. Uh, this group's stupid loaded, got a lot of talent, and, uh, but they still need y'all support just like always. So, um, just stick behind them and, uh, hopefully watch them make a, make a run to Omaha. That was Dylan Bordeaux. The birthday boy himself. Today is Dylan Berdo's birthday, so happy birthday, Dylan. Thanks for coming on the show. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations. What's up? How great was it to see these guys out at the Pete this past weekend? Yeah, man, it was a, um, tell you what, it was a who's who. Um, that's what, and that's what the Pete has become, really, is, uh, you know, it's, it's people, it, it's like you've talked about it before, trying to create events that are, are just can't miss. And, um, that's kind of what the beat is. I mean, I, I, I know I ran into Kirk Riccardi. Um, Dylan was out there. I, uh, ran across Nick Mullins. I saw Chucky. I saw Jeff Bauer. <laughs> you know, it was just, uh, legends. Um, really just Southern Miss royalty everywhere you look. So. Yeah, we've uh, we've managed to create an environment out of the beat that, that people just love to be a part of, and I consider myself lucky that I've kind of tagged along with a group of people <laughs> who um who allow me to be a part of it. So, absolutely. Well, let's break down the games this past weekend. We started off Friday night, 2018 baseball season, kicking off against Mississippi Starkville, and I tried to make notes on, you know, the hitters and pitchers, and we pretty much have the same top hitter for every game, and I don't think it's a coincidence. He was a a great shot in the arm for this team this year. Friday night, Southern Miss comes away with an 11 to nothing shellacking. Luke Reynolds, three runs on two hits with two RBIs in four at-bats. Matt Guidry comes away with the first home run of the year in the fifth and ends the night for Bulldog ace Connor Pilkington. Nick Sandlin gets the win, seven innings pitched, giving up four hits with nine strikeouts. The Bulldogs get six hits but can't get any runs across the plate in game one. Jason, how electric was that atmosphere at the Pete Friday night? Uh, it reminded me of 
the regional last year. You know, sold out. Everybody knew it was sold out, but I tell you, man, um, and, and, you know, having Mississippi Starkville come to town probably played a role in that. Um, but everything from, you know, starting Nick Sandlin on the mound, wondering how your All-American closers are going to do, to having a guy that you talked about a minute ago, Luke uh, Reynolds, come in and, um, you know, after leaving Mississippi State, um, having them come in as a ranked opponent, and us being a ranked opponent, it all just kind of added up to, uh, to, and, and you throw in perfect weather on top of all of that. And, and it just turned out to be a fantastic night facing one of the top pitchers in the country in Connor Pilkington and, and absolutely just kind of rattling and, uh, rattling baseballs all over the peak. Couldn't start it off much better. And to, and to end up with a shutout is just the cherry on top. So could not have started much better. And Nick Sandlin, you know, we kind of thought, what's he going to be like as a starter? And he showed he was game. I mean, he had a ridiculous game, and and he looks like he's certainly going to be the ace for the Golden Eagles this year. Yeah, well, you know, up until the, and I, I don't know if you had any more info than I did, but I had heard it talked about a little bit here and there. We really didn't think it had much legs. I mean, you got one of the best closers, if not the best closer in college. Uh, baseball, they're talking about starting him on a weekend. He never knew, but when it came down to it, he's the best pitcher on your team. You have a few question marks, people coming back from Tommy John surgery and whatnot. So if he's the best pitcher and you're facing one of the best teams in the country, um, you start him. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think if there was anybody that had any kind of doubts whatsoever, I'm pretty sure he uh, put those to rest with that Friday night performance. Fast forward to Saturday. Luke Reynolds again with the big bat. Two runs on two hits. One of those was a home run with one RBI and one base on balls. Stevie Powers got the start, but Jared Wright gets the win, only giving up one run on four hits with one strikeout. As Southern Miss goes on to defeat the Bulldogs 7-4. to Shout out to Robert Ingram for this game, for uh, adopting me and getting me in the game. I had a great time, <laughs> and it was great to see a lot of black and gold out there. Yeah, um, again, the, the, you know, kind of like the first game, really, just – Pitching staff uh, just kind of stayed ahead of the hitters the entire game. Um, right comes in, tall, dominating right. He throws straight over the top, um, filled up the zone, picked up the slack where Stevie uh, left off, and uh, and then like you said, um, the hitters like specifically, you know, Luke came through in the clutch, and um, and we and, and you know it, that led to the uh, to the Sunday game where we're all of a sudden, going to Sunday, kind of with the pressure off, there is no rubber game. You get the series in hand, and uh, it, it had to have just loosened up the club even that much more to take that two games to none lead in the uh, weekend series. Moving on to Sunday, Luke Reynolds again, leading hitter, two hits, one run, two RBIs. Two runs came on a two-run double in the fifth to break the two-to-two tie. Gabe Montenegro also with two hits. Freshman Jacob Wyrick gets the win in relief. And Matt Warner comes out to the Undertaker theme in the ninth and gets the save as Southern Miss goes on to win 5-2. to two. The two things that I take away from the Sunday game, number one is, you know, if Sandlin is going to be our Friday guy, 
who's going to be our closer? Everybody knows it can be Walner. He has the stuff for it. He has the 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 makeup for it. But you know, Walner came off a little hip situation last year, and um, you wanted to see him back on the mound. You wanted to see if he had the velocity back and all that, and we pretty much had it. <laughs> you know, um, dude is an intimidating presence out there. I want to say he hit 95 on the gun. So uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is the other guy that you're missing, uh, Montenegro. Always been curious about him coming from Guatemala. Uh, played on the Guatemala national team. Um, heard a lot of hype. And uh, we're kind of wondering where he was going to fit into the lineup. And this kid has just, just worked his tail off. And uh, And who knows? At this point, he might be in the starting lineup. And, um, it's nice to see him out here. And, and, and furthermore, it's nice to have another stick in the lineup. I mean, a lineup is just loaded with players to begin with, loaded with hitters up and down. This is another, uh, player who can, um, who can hurt you in several different ways, namely with his wheels. Um, another left-handed stick in the lineup that's already dominated by lefties, but, um, anytime you can add a player with his, uh, speed, his back control, in baseball IQ, it's a, it's a good thing. So that, that was a pleasant surprise to me. On the weekend, Southern Miss outscores Mississippi State 23-6. to Luke Reynolds had quite the weekend against his old team, so much so that he was named Conference USA Hitter of the Week. For Conference USA Pitcher of the Week, Nick Sandlin, who also came home with the Na- uh, National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association Player of the Week as well. Uh, appreciate it, Cohen. You know, uh, we, 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 uh, we'll take Luke Reynolds and whoever else you want to dish off to the side, I guess, because this guy has proven to be, um, everything. I mean, you believe the hype. Um, he is really nice to be sandwiched in that lineup right next to, uh, Matt Walner. Well, speaking of Cohen, you know, we got to say this before we move on to something else. After the weekend ended, it was announced Tuesday morning that Mississippi State head coach Annie Canazaro is, uh, resigning due to some things that took place off the field. And there's rumors going around, and I'm not going to speculate about what happened, what didn't happen, certainly not defending what's alleged, but it's no secret that Cohen did not want to play the Golden Eagles anymore. I mean, he, if you don't believe us, go back and look at the schedules because he quit playing in Hattiesburg. He would only play Southern Miss, what, once a year maybe in Starkville or Pearl. And Andy Canizaro came in. His His dad played ball here. He played at Tulane. He came from LSU as an assistant coach, but he comes in. He's like, why aren't we playing these guys? And Cohen just basically says, you know, breaks it down for him. And this is, well, if, if you want to play him, that's on you. Be my guest. And he did. So shout out to him for manning up. I mean, there's no reason not to play this game. It's a great RPI game for both teams. There's just a tinge of arrogance that go and ignorance that goes into trying to make these fairy tale excuses on why this game shouldn't be played. Well, the reason it's not played is because it makes too much sense. <laughs> you know? Uh especially early in the season. And you talk about you can't get me earlier. Opening series. Why in the world wouldn't you want to, you know, have an RPI boost? Especially in our case, I know, because uh we kind of depend on that RPI. Those RPI games when we get them if you can get them at the feet, that's that much better. But I don't know, man. I mean, how many times do we have this conversation about we say, you know, you're a bunch of wimps for not wanting to play, and you say the only reason we're playing is because you're so good that we don't want to take a chance of losing. So 
I got a feeling we're going to be having that argument when we're both in our 50s. Um, well, and I don't have to argue with anybody. We don't have to play anymore. It doesn't hurt my feelings one bit, but it is hilarious yeah. when the excuses come out every time. Every time we play, when are these excuses just come out of the woodwork? And I have a feeling that after, you know, after what happened this week, the excuses are already built in from here on out. I've already heard some of them. You know, some of my, and even my good friends, it's like they don't even realize that they're, that they're giving me a backhanded compliment or that they're making an excuse. I don't know how they do it. And these are smart people that just, it goes right over their head what they're saying, but I already got a text from a buddy saying, well, after the Canazero stuff came out, he said, well, I guess we know now why we didn't have any focus all weekend. Yeah. It's like, come on, bro. Yeah, exactly. Well, the final score, 23-6 to six over the weekend. Yeah. If that's just because of focus, then, you know, that's a you problem. Absolutely. Well, the Golden Eagles come out of the weekend ranked in all the polls this time. They were ranked in several of them last week. Now they are ranked in all the polls. Let's just go down the line. College Baseball Daily has Southern Miss ranked 13th. Division One Baseball, or D1 Baseball, and the NCBWA have Southern Miss ranked 15th, Baseball America 17th, and Perfect Game 18th. Moving on, Southern Miss took on another ranked team Tuesday night in the South Alabama Jaguars. The Golden Eagles squandered an 8-3 lead to fall 10-9 to the Jaguars. Luke Reynolds again, the big bat, three hits, two of those were home runs, three runs, and two RBIs. Walker Powell returns making his presence felt in the starting spot, giving up no runs on two hits with four strikeouts and four base on balls. It was a it was a sloppy game. I hate the Golden Eagles didn't come out on top, but we are going to get a rematch at the Pete on Tuesday, April 24th. Yeah, um, you hit it on the head. It was definitely a sloppy game. If anybody tuned in, I don't think that they watched that game and said, these are two top 20 teams. <clears throat> was it a hangover from the weekend? I don't think so. Was it a product of pitching depth on both sides? Uh, probably. And probably has a little bit to do with, uh, just being at the beginning of the year in your first midweek game. I, uh, yeah, there's different opinions on these midweek games. Uh, I don't mind them, especially when they're an hour and a half down the road or at home. Um, but as far as uh, what you can take away from the game, I mean, uh, the two teams played sloppy and they played uh, very similarly, uh, probably around the same number of hits, same number of errors, and same number of base on balls, and none of them were very good. So uh, it was good to see Walker Powell out there. It was good to see him not uh, hesitate or even think about uh, his um, his arm after coming off Tommy John last year. It's not always an easy thing to do until you get back out there on the mound in a real situation. Uh, it's totally different than throwing a bullpen. So, so, you know, as far as I could tell, uh, he wasn't favoring anything. He, he wasn't even thinking about his arm. He had good action and, uh, the philosophy was there. So that's good. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> the bad is number one, that game took well of it took over four hours. I think I made it to around like three hours and 45 minutes and I just couldn't take it anymore. I could not hold my eyelids up any longer. So I tapped out. Um, but, you know, there were some uncharacteristic errors. They probably go hand in hand with the amount of walks, the amount of trips to the mound, and just the overall length of the game uh, on both sides of it. But the good news is that 
it's not really an RPI hit because they're basically ranked right there, you know, with Southern Miss. Yeah. At the end of the year, you hope that a game like this, uh, won't ding your RPI. And, uh, I don't think it will. So we just got got to get right back on the horse uh, this weekend and, and, uh, and come away with, with three victories. The Golden Eagles are now three and one overall and were scheduled to play in the Stephen F. Austin tournament this weekend in Nacogdoches, Texas. Unfortunately, the Golden Eagles have called that trip off. Uh, there's supposed to be a lot of what? rain. It's supposed to be a lot of rain in Texas this weekend. Uh, two other teams dropped out. So Southern Miss is, um, not going to be making the trip. So if you were making plans to go watch him in the tournament, at Stephen F. Austin, that has been canceled. The Golden Eagles are currently trying to find additional games to make up for the three-loss contest this weekend on the road. So we'll see what happens. Keep up with social media. Keep up with SouthernMiss.com. Keep up with the message boards. We'll retweet it if there's an announcement. Uh, but as of right now, Southern Miss not playing this weekend unless they can throw something together at the last minute. So we'll see what happens with that. All right. Jason, you went to the Pine Belt Eagle Club meeting this weekend that we talked about on last week's show, basically a meeting where they were trying to put together a Pine Belt Eagle Club. What did you come away with from that meeting? So, yeah, the uh, the guys at 4th Street Bar um, allowed us to come up there and hold our meeting at uh, 10 a.m. on Saturday. I decided, honestly, kind of last minute, I wasn't really feeling that well, I decided last minute to go up and check it out and... Um, and the good news is there's like 20, 25 people there. I, uh, everybody is kind of, they feel the same way we do. Just kind of, why don't we do this? Why not? Uh, what do you need us to do and how can we help? So that was a good start. I, I didn't know whether I was going to run up there and, and see four people, zero people, or I was kind of blown away with the 20 or 25 like I talked about. So, um, my takeaway from it is that I, you know, I think this thing's got legs. And, um, from, from, from what we discussed, I, I want to say, uh, that the, that Brian Morrison with the uh, Southern Miss Eagle Club kind of wants us to go out and be more, uh, business driven as far as getting businesses involved in the Eagle Club. We're going to get them involved in, in like a bar, a bargain basement, um, level to start off with hopefully they see the benefit and that grows into something bigger um so yeah it was good i mean shout out to uh, amy clark and um see robert ingram ingram was there bill darty was there and a bunch of other people that i've met and probably will forget their name but but yeah it's cool uh we all signed up on a little email list and and uh so now i guess i'm just kind of waiting on on my uh on my orders and um, once they tell me what to do, I can't wait to get out there and get it going. It's just good to see things moving in the right direction, and it's cool that these things are coming together. So you guys be on the lookout for that. Hopefully that will be something that will come together really soon. In basketball, Southern Miss hosted uh, two quality teams at the Pete this past week on Thursday, February 15th. Fell to Miss, uh, Middle Tennessee State 72 to 62. And then on Saturday after game two of the baseball series, they fell to UAB 87 to 69. Golden Eagles now 13 and 15 on the year and six and nine in Conference USA. What did you take away from the games this weekend? Uh, well, coming into it, and we talked about it on the other show that we knew this week was going to be tough, but 
our record at Reed Green this this, uh, this year. Uh, we only have one loss to date, so we thought that you know getting a split was not out of the realm of possibility. And when looking at the two teams that were coming in, you really thought that UAB was probably the team that we had a chance to beat, even though they handled us pretty pretty handily uh, earlier in the year. <clears throat> well, as it turns out. We just about took down, you know, the Giants, kind of. I mean, our our present-day Memphis, if you will, in Conference USA and Middle Tennessee. Uh, we, we could not have played much better. Just kind of came up short at the end. A lot of that had to do with Tyree Griffin coming out of the game late with a hip situation. I don't know what was going on. I tweeted out a couple photos of UG over there stretching him out. I was really wondering about his availability for the UAB game, but he was back. Um but yeah, I mean, first game could not have played much better. Just came up a little bit short. And the Saturday game, I I think we're just out of gas, honestly. Um, short armed, a lot of shots. Um, UAB probably had a little bit more depth, and uh, we we still fought, played hard, bodies on the ground, loose balls, uh, dive for. Uh, just you know, just out of gas. Is the only way I can describe it. Well, this week the Golden Eagles are traveling to Texas on Thursday, February twenty second. They will be at UTSA at seven p.m. and on Saturday, February twenty fourth, they will be at UTEP at eight p.m. Let's shut it down. Special thanks to our guest Dylan Bordeaux. You can follow him on Twitter at Dylan Bordeaux. That's D Y L A N B U R D E A U X. You can follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Next week, we were going to recap what happened in baseball. Hopefully something does happen, but if it doesn't, we'll be back to talk more Southern Miss athletics. All right, Jason, any final thoughts on the show? Uh, yeah, special happy birthday to Dylan Burdo, of course. And, um, tell your friends, man, tell your friends about to the top talk. They, uh, solid podcast. The only one out there. Get people on board. Look for us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. That's to the top talk. Subscribe. You can subscribe on there. It'll update to your phone or your device every week. Give us a rating, review, whatnot. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, please tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. <laughs>